0: Welcome back for another episode of the Half Court Press podcast. After a real basketball, yeah, day, yeah, it mattered the I, first day. Yeah,
1: how did how did how was it writing on deadline again?
0: Wow, it. I mean, huh.
1: yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I know. know how you felt. We, well, we both had eight p.m. starts, right? Yeah. How much time did you have to write?
0: Um, I sh- I had more than I yeah I. I I, I did not i wasn't as efficient as i should yeah, been. you I know did. what i'm saying yeah, yeah i'd agree with that um I,
1: it was late enough that i didn't transcribe anything
0: Ooh, yeah it
1: was like i'm gonna take as diligent notes as i can in the presser and kind of do yeah that. but it was also i was also in the situation where i had to like readjust my entire thinking of what you know what i mean like mm-hmm. going into the arena i was like i have a pretty good idea what i want my gamer to be right and then what happened happened and i was like okay i need to shift my thinking completely (laughs) and and (laughs) and
0: that's that's always i I, at least i had the benefit of a game that was decided with 10 minutes left yeah and so i kind of well technically i did too oh that's true (laughs) but it 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 was unexpected we'll talk we'll talk about nebraska in a minute we'll start with creighton yes since the jays won uh 81 to 55 over kennesaw state in the opener um their top three guards were really good. Marcus Zagorowski had 18 points, too shy of a career high, five assists for him, four of five from three-point range. Tyshawn Alexander had 19. Um, Mitch Balick four, seven, and three. But he made a lot of plays that didn't show up on the box score mm-hmm. or show up in the box score, just winning plays and, and affected the game with his leadership and his mm-hmm. demeanor. And so those guys were tone setters, and they're going to have to be because Creighton, um, with its roster situation – Jacob Epperson's out for a long time, maybe the whole season. Davion Mintz is out for the next few weeks. Uh, unclear on Damian Jefferson. He did not play. with a, He injured his foot a couple weeks ago and has tried to kind of tough through it, but um, wasn't wasn't feeling right, I guess, going into Tuesday's game. So he was out, which opened the door for a lot of young guys and ex, inexperienced guys. I mean, uh, Sharif Mitchell got his first career start as a true freshman. Uh, Jalen Wyndham debuted as a true freshman Kel- kelvin jones is a grad transfer he played in his first game jet canfield a redshirt freshman walk-on uh played double digit minutes mm-hmm. in his first game ever uh, nick zile came off the bench he's a freshman walk-on who probably won't get a lot of minutes but uh, he debuted in garbage time because you know there <laughs> there could be an injury away yeah. from having to turn to him as well so um there's a lot of a lot of youth and inexperience, and I think you saw at times, especially in the first half when Creighton started substituting and working in different lineups, that there was a little bit of a lack of just comfortability and continuity with that with those guys as they were kind of adjusting the college basketball under the lights for mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. But uh, they they do have three guards to lean on, so that's a good thing for yeah. the Jays. And, uh, and it definitely worked to their favor. On Tuesday,
1: how many minutes did Sharif Mitchell get?
0: Good question. I don't have the box score off the top of my or in front of me, but quite a he played. Feat, right? he played a lot, I mean, he started, so he played a lot. Um, Do you imagine
1: that he'll continue to stay in the starting lineup and play a lot? If
0: da- if Damian Jefferson's out, then yeah. yes. I mean, they don't really. Have, he's the he was the first guy off the bench in the exhibition when Damian Jefferson started, mm-hmm. so he's kind of the sixth man right now. Um, and that's not counting Kelvin Jones, who's the big man. He and Christian Bishop will. They're kind of flip flop and split minutes evenly at the five for the most part, and so Kelvin Jones is Christian sub, mm-hmm. and Christian is Kelvin sub, and mm-hmm. they'll just like rotate. But aside from that, um, for the other four spots, Sharif is the next guy off the bench, and so with when Damian is out, Sharif comes in. That means Mitch Ballack slides to the four, and Tyshawn Alexander will play some four. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a little scary. They yeah. have a lineup out there with Jet Canfield, who's 5'10", and, and Sharif Mitchell, who's like six foot. Oh, really? Know. So it was a shorter <laughs> stature lineup. They're not going to get away with doing that against some uh, some of the tougher teams on their schedule for very long, obviously, but it's kind of the situation they're in. They're just going to have to make do. And I think be really good at what they want to do well, mm-hmm. which they were on Tuesday. Uh, they pushed tempo really well um, their first their first possession was lasted three seconds and they got a wide open shot for Tyshawn Alexander. The second possession was five seconds and Tyshawn Alexander got a wide open in rhythm three, hit them both. Um, the, he and Mitch, he and Marcus Sikorowski started the game five for five from three. And I think four of those five threes were in transition. Um, just looks that were created by space and pace mm-hmm. and, and they're good shooters and they had, not room to fire away and then they made them so like those are good shots the shots that creighton wants to create and uh it was a credit to their vets in particular who uh kind of set that up and created a lot of that
1: first in the country and adjusted tempo right that's right yeah how about that after
0: one day yeah they're they're well not adjusted tempo what is it then it's uh average length of possession oh, okay so yeah, like yeah. the raw number yeah yeah because yeah. the adjusted tempo that ken palm has i think has some strength of schedule baked into it too i oh, think okay yeah yeah. but the raw how long did you yes yeah. have the ball on offense create an average 12.9 seconds wow and i looked it up that they made 11 of their first 17 threes mm-hmm. so that was probably through the first two thirds of the game. Of the first seventeen. okay yeah, yeah wow. so 11 to 17 to yeah. start and of those, wow. ele- ele- of those 11 made shots, nine of them came within the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. Wow, really? Yeah, so they were on the attack, yeah. and that's what they have to do. And so, um, you know, they're not going to get those looks every night, but if, they're, if, they're, if they have sort of the pedal to the floor, and they're putting pressure on a defense, and uh, they're, they're kind of in attack mode, even if the defender yeah. comes out and, and tries to take away that jump shot, you can attack that closeout, well, closeout and go downhill you, you and, maybe and get won't your offense get, rolling.
1: You maybe won't get that many a night, but you'll get about that many if you play that type of way. You know what I mean? Like if you're able to get out and transition, those transition threes will theoretically always kind of be there. You just have to make them. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's. And I think it's almost easier to be a transition three point shooting team than a half court three point shooting team in that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know the numbers because I I, I can't, I don't really have that available, that data collection system available to me. But I I mean, if I had to rate what scenarios are best for Creighton in terms of, since I've been covering the team, in terms of how they shoot, Mm -hmm. transition threes are number one. Those are the highest percentage three-point shots I get. Number two is like an Mm inside-outside. The ball touches the paint and then gets kicked out. Um, But they're both, I mean, they shoot it really well at at those percentages, but... um, yeah, in transition they're lethal, man. They're, they're really good, and uh, and and they were good on Tuesday. So that's like, I think that's part of when they're playing when you're playing with a young team and you're mixing in new new pieces. Like you have to be good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And they you know, they probably gave the ball away a little bit too much and they wanted to. And, and uh, Kennesaw State mixed in some three quarter court press that I think caught Creighton off guard. I'm not sure why, but it did. <laughs> it caught him off guard and they turned over a couple times and. It was pretty effective uh, when when Kennesaw State used it, not often, but used it maybe a half dozen times in the game. But when Creighton was, you know, kind of tuned in and had the floor space well and moved the ball, um, they they were they got the shots they wanted.
1: Was McDermott happy?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think he was really. Pl- I mean, he was really complimentary of his of his leaders. Sure, Mitch Balick tyshawn alexander he re-
1: yeah he kind of he kind of almost said without saying like we're gonna need these three
0: mm-hmm. and we're gonna need them i mean they played 19 minutes in the first half those three did really So when they go to michigan next week they may not come off the floor <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah those guys are gonna have to play a lot early bring
1: some bananas at halftime and that's <laughs> right. it yeah the
0: hydration <laughs> process starts now yes yeah, no cramping um he's
1: gonna walk around campus with an iv all of them all <laughs> yeah. Them. Yeah. just roll them in wheelchairs
0: yeah. to class um but it's interesting, too, because Greg Winterman was complimentary of Mitch Ballack in particular because Mitch only scored four points. I think it was two or seven from the floor. He missed a couple threes. Um, but his impact on the game was evident in other ways. He had a couple really good, like, ball reversals mm-hmm. or skip passes where he just, like, you don't get credit for an assist, but you kind of, like, like start the assist. offense. It's yeah. almost like you're initiating offense by um, – by getting the ball on the opposite side of the floor and forcing the other team to rotate and then your teammates can attack that. Um, He was good there. He had seven rebounds and two offensive rebounds and then there was a play on a free throw where he found a way to just sort of be there and bother it and Creighton got an offensive rebound. He didn't get credited for that but I thought his activity created that chance for him. Yeah. And so, Which says something about him, I think, because he's a guy, I think, that
1: walks into a gym and is like, okay, I can go whatever he did at Nebraska last year, you know, 7 of 9 or 7 of seven 8. 7 of 10, I think, so, yeah, from three, from 3, yeah. So I think him moving the ball says something, that he's not just totally looking for a shot. Yeah, well, the so, coaches you know? actually
0: probably want him yeah, to shoot probably more. more.
1: And against <laughs> Michigan, they probably like, hey,
0: you need to <laughs> yeah. be shooting that. Go ahead and fire those up yeah. a little bit more, but um, I don't know. I, I also think that what he does well is the, is that sort of facilitation role like he, that's part of his game too mm-hmm. you know like you don't want him to totally detract from that yeah. piece his unselfish nature which affects the rest of the team um he led the team in assists last year and he was you know the second best three point shooting shooter arguably the best given the volume but uh, Marcus Segarowski shot a better percentage but you know i i think that you don't want to lose that element by making him like try to force the issue and sure. be more selfish than it needs to be. Yeah, so I agree with that. Um, but the concern for Creighton is obviously the, the youth and then the size. They were out of they were they were outmanned at the four. Mitch Bally played the four and, and he had to guard a six 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 eight guy. And that's gonna happen. Yeah. But uh, here's the th- they th- and they got they gave up some offensive boards and they fouled maybe too much in the first half, mm-hmm. but um, they're just gonna have to deal with that. But what you prove though
1: is and we'll talk about nebraska later but what you prove though is they had they hit 12 threes right Mm -hmm. nebraska and creighton are similar in that way we're like one through four they're small so you're gonna have to hit shots creighton just does they did last night Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so against michigan you know michigan i don't think is that big but they also have john tesky yes and they're a little bit thicker i would say like their
0: threes and fours are
1: so you're gonna have so that's the thing where it's like that's an actual test we're like okay can you actually make enough threes can you make enough shots where your because you're gonna size is your your deficiencies are made up by yeah. speed. it's
0: like you know? a possession game you know you're you, you're always trying to um be as efficient as possible obviously but if you're gonna give up extra possessions on mm-hmm. the defensive end because you give up offensive rebounds just because of your size question then on the other end you better be more efficient mm-hmm. with the one, the the smaller number of possessions you have. So fewer turnovers, more threes. Mm-hmm. You know, like hitting mm-hmm. more shots, more bang for your buck on the offensive end. Because defensively, uh, you're going to give that team more chances yeah. just because of the nature of it. Yeah. Um, that said, I think they could probably do a little bit better. And and they, you saw in stretches of that game against Kennesaw State where I thought Creighton had just like a little bit of a lull from an energy standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a tenacity standpoint. I think Greg McDermott got on him in, in a huddle and t- on a timeout. That clip was shown on on the TV broadcast. It was just like felt like the Jays were a little flat-footed and Kennesaw State was kind of the uh, just had a little bit more quicker to the ball, maybe mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. qu- quicker to the ball. But Creighton corrected that at halftime yeah. and that surge that the Jays had. Um, so it was a twenty something run, twenty right? to two run. Yeah, which we didn't actually see a lot of last year from this team, and so and that was part of their DNA in. Uh, with with Marcus Foster and and Kyrie Thomas kind of leading the way on the wing Um, those teams in 16-17 and 17-18 it was like you kind of just waited at some point in the game the Jays were going to just pull away Mm -hmm. because they were going to overwhelm a team with their pace and their aggressiveness and that that team was going to start feeling the pressure of like uh oh the crowd's getting into it we got to do something Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's been two minutes of action and oh we're down by you know in this case, the game, Creighton had an eight point lead and they went on an 11-0 run in two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. It's was like, oh my gosh, I guess we, can, we better call timeout. Yeah. Like, uh, so Kennesaw State kind of got blitzed right there. And that, that's something that I didn't see from the Jays very often last year. And I think it was more about trying to just, because to me, that's a result of just being consistent with your energy and effort and then on the other end, making good decisions offensively and not forcing mm-hmm. the issue. And I think with youth last year, they, just, they couldn't put it all together. Um, maybe they get a steal but didn't make the right decision in the backcourt or they didn't get the stop they needed to to get out and run and kind of uh, put that pressure on teams but 20 to 20 to 2 that was obviously the decisive stretch and um, they they it seemed like everybody who was on the floor at that point Christian Bishop, Sharif Mitchell, Segarowski, Ballack, Tyshawn Alexander had a hand in it mm-hmm. like they all made some plays mm-hmm. and uh, and put the game away yeah so they got Michigan next in Mich- a week. Though. Yeah. So yeah, we'll they see. got a week. And, and yeah, uh, maybe he'll Damien Jefferson up um, in time. We'll we'll see about that. Huskers. Yeah. Yeah. It was a surprise. We knew we we knew that it wouldn't always be pretty with this team. Yeah. But I mean, UC Riverside. Oh, Is not good.
1: Oh no, they're very bad. <laughs> no, they're they're actually not good at all, and they actually didn't have their leading scorer from last year. Oh, um, who was a senior and like a forty percent three point shooter. He he was out, so they were down a couple guys. Mm. Um, and they still whooped them. Um, there was a point in the game when I mean, so Nebraska goes up fourteen to seven at the first TV timeout, and they actually get a standing ovation from the crowd. Crowd's like, I, this is I like yeah. I like what I'm seeing. This is great. This is exactly what we signed up for. And in that stretch, so a little bit, so that you know, first like six minutes, Nebraska made seven of their first eleven shots. Right, looked great.
0: What what was what about that stretch was good in your? I mind? mean, like what?
1: I I need to go back and look. I need yeah. to. I'm going to rewatch it this afternoon. Um, they were getting out. They were getting out in transition. They were moving the ball. A lot of it was Cam Mack. I mean, Cam Mack was finding guys. They were actually catching his passes, um, and they were just getting, getting right. buckets. Like they they hit a couple. I think they hit one three. Cam Mack hit a three. Um, they just they looked comfortable. They looked fine. So they made seven of their first eleven, and then they made nine of their next forty four. Um, and they got tight. And UC Riverside hit two threes, kind of near the end of the. first half and took a six point lead um there was a fascinating moment in that first half where you know Tim Miles got just people hated it because he would try and let his team figure it out on the fly when another team was going on a run and so you know UC Riverside starts to get on this I think it ended up being a 14 to 2 run and Fred just lets them play it through and finally uh they end up hitting i think two threes in a row and he calls timeout and he's like what am i supposed to do here <laughs> yeah. um but it was just i, I think it, it was so interesting H- here here's here's why they lost okay deshaun burke goes zero for three from three and cheatham zero for two gervais green one for five smart curtis zero for one it's gotta be better than that they went six six twenty six from three point range. Did you range.
0: think that they were good well, shots? Like were they in rhythm? Not really. Jumpers? I mean, were,
1: I mean, it, it was kind of a mix. I mean, so yeah. so Mate went two for three, and there were a couple times when like Hoyberg would come out of a timeout. He's obviously great out of a timeout. Um, his teams almost always get an open shot. There was one point after that exasperated timeout that he took. Yeah, they come out and they run this lovely play that I I can't remember what it's called, but. I love it. And it's just kind of a couple quick passes right at the, right at the top of the key. Kavas has a wide open three pointer. You make that, and you, know, you kind of, everyone can take a deep breath and you can kind of move on and, and uh, you know, kind of gain back some of that momentum. And he misses it. And then it just kind of starts to spiral after that. So there were some pretty good looks. Um, the thing is, though, is, you know, Hoiberg doesn't necessarily want totally, totally clean looks all the time. He wants you to, if once you get the ball, if you're open, you need to shoot it. And there were a couple times when guys were hesitant or they weren't quite sure if they were, for whatever reason, allowed to shoot or if they needed to work there. I mean, it was just just kind of confusion all over the place, I think. Um,
0: that's one of the things that I, uh, about your point about Hoiberg, kind of like, hey, take the shot that's available. One of the things that I've learned covering basketball over the last couple of years is the difference between like a challenge shot and a contested shot mm-hmm. because there sometimes there'll be a defender in your face, but he's not really bothering the shooter, right? Because he hasn't like knocked the shooter out of his rhythm. And like you watch it on TV and you're like, oh, he had his hand up, he must have bothered this, the shooter, yeah. But no, yeah, not at all because yeah. the shooter was in rhythm and just is like, okay, I'm gonna pull up and shoot. right. So you have to have the confidence to shoot it, even though the defender's close, but know that he's not blocking your shot right. nor is he gonna bother you while you go up because he's just he's just there right and, it, he, and it was he's just not like up in you it was just there's so a difference
1: there it was just so you're you're completely right and a lot of them weren't challenged really i mean honestly uc riverside basically they got up and they basically did one of two things they were either ball pressure ball pressure ball pressure on a couple guards so like deshaun burke they were all over Or with, like, Cam Mack and Gervais Green, they shaded really hard to one side and basically said, come make a play in the lane, I dare you. Because we've got this seven-footer, Callum McRae, and he's going to do something, and they weren't able to score in the paint. Or they kind of panicked. Like, sometimes you panic on how wide open you are. Like, a a wide receiver will drop a pass because he's like, there's no one within 20 yards of him, and he can't believe it. Or you airball three because you're like, I have all the time in the world. I can't." So I think at some point there was a – You know, a lot of these, a lot of Nebraska guards. They were like, "Are they really just going to give me like, I'm open from 15 foot? Like, I, I, they're just going to give it to me?" But then, but they've been conditioned like, "Hey, if you shoot that 15 footer, like you're coming out. Like, we don't want mid-range jumpers." Um, It was it was deeply ironic though that Fred Hoiberg, who led the NBA in three-point shooting his final year, um, who his second year at Iowa State, the Cyclones led the country in three-point shots, just gets riddled with so so uc riverside made seven threes in the first seven minutes of the second half and that was mm. the difference meanwhile his team you know missed nine of 44 in the final about 30 minutes you know what i mean right so it, it was it was interesting so to to quantify that um, it's
0: probably going to be uc riverside's best shooting game of the year right maybe probably i mean they were a
1: pretty good shooting team last year they no were way. in the top 50 of, in threes okay um but the thing is though is like Nebraska's defensive philosophy from Doc Sadler, which he told me straight up, is like we're you know, go ahead and take your three. I don't care, you're not gonna beat me from three. That was the problem because they did they did and
0: and maybe it's part of that what I just brought up about like actually contesting a shot instead right. of just being there, but maybe the th- yeah, and
1: so think. so Doc's whole thing is we're gonna let you hit threes, but we're not going to give them any points in the paint. Well, UC Riverside scored 22 in the paint. Nebraska scored 18. There you go. You know, like, again, Sadler told me at, at a Wendy's while eating chili, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, I was head coach at Southern Miss last year. <laughs> we had a team hit 17 threes on us. We won by 10. Like, we're going to be able to do that. So that's the thing is it's not, like, there's not going to be some, there's going to be a meeting today, at you know, at the Hawks Championship Center, or excuse me, the Hendricks, and they're going to be like all right we need to get out on those threes no like this is the way that they play defense right and so i don't know it, it's it's just it's when a bad shooting team shows you who they are believe them right so last year nebraska was not a good shooting team they didn't shoot well in the exhibition and yet they were all in on okay we're gonna shoot a lot of threes well six or 26 from three 9 of 19 from the free throw line. Yeah. Nebraska went 10 of 20 something, 10 of 23 from the free throw line in the first game. Like, that's good shooting teams don't miss that many yeah. free throws.
0: So, do you think now, I mean, it's game one. It's just the yeah. start of an era. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, to, it's obviously not going to define what Hoiberg's teams are in the long term. But in the short term, like, do you, does he, He's probably not going to tweak what he does right like they're going. They, yeah he not still wants really. to shoot threes yeah. push pace i mean here's the like he, he, yeah he made doesn't maybe doesn't have the personnel to do it yeah but that's, here's the issue is you, you establish your identity
1: you want to go fast right and so we've talked about this before and we'll talk about it a million times but this idea of like can you go fast enough that you can um Basically, you're going to be small no matter what, but can you go fast enough to run big guys off the floor and whatever? Well, when you get out-rebounded by 20 by UC Riverside and they have um, 13 offensive rebounds, hmm. you can't get out in transition. You can't because you can't get the ball. And so when when you can't get the ball and you get time after time again where you have to play you know even longer defense, then once you do get the rebound, it's like, all right, I just played – you know 50 seconds of tough defense i don't really want to run (laughs) right now right right. um like they want to but it's just uh it was just a lot of discombobulation i think offensively and defensively they obviously need some work and if they got out rebounded by 20 by uc riverside who they were 100 and i want to say it was 167th in rebounding margin last year in the country they might not get a rebound against michigan state (laughs) like they it might be 75 to four i mean yeah. like that's that's not that's you can't you can't do that that and that's also kind of an effort thing half of rebounding
0: is yeah. effort well and nebraska I, I didn't I, I saw that number 49 29 in terms of rebounds and i was like oh that's just because nebraska must have missed must miss a lot of shots you yeah. know then shoot it well that but then when you brought out 13 offensive boards given up and nebraska only got 20 defensive eleven second
1: chance points too so they scored so 13 offensive rebounds and 11. Second yeah. Chance
0: points. That defensive rebounding percentage is not very good. And yeah. obviously, like you said, how, how are you going to run if you can't secure a rebound? And, yeah. And, and, so, the and
1: play? when Cam Mack leads you in rebounds, that's not ideal. You Ivan Wydrago only had three. Kevin Cross only had three. Thor was second with four, and he only mm-hmm. played 15 minutes. Like, the interesting thing about this season is they're not going to change what they want to do because you sitting on your bench. Are two guys that could probably get you a double-double last night Delano Banton and Derek Walker and you've got Shamil Stevenson who called himself he told me he thinks he's the best rebounder on the team now does that fix all of Nebraska's pro like there's a lot that's been made about Shamil Stevenson becoming you know he's he still hasn't heard back from his transfer waiver and and all this stuff he's gonna become eligible in like five weeks no matter what like oh, he's, he's eligible with he's December he's he's eligible once this fall semester's over.
0: Okay. He's so, like, to get it
1: he's going to play yeah. this year. So, we, it's not the end of the world that he's not gotten this waiver. Nebraska also took a very long time to even submit that thing. I mean, th- really long time. Yeah. We didn't know that they submitted it until Nebraska's media day, and that was, you know. October. Yeah. yeah. So So, he's going to come on, and I think he could potentially start um, and kind of help us a little bit, but I mean, what last night really showed was—I mean, I think I think we all knew this was going to be rough. I didn't think we thought it was going to be this rough. Like I, I thought this would be a 12-win basketball team, and I think what we saw last night was like an eight-win basketball.
0: But this team. might be the worst. I mean, well, I guess it's just one game, so we don't know. But I guess I didn't quite know what the floor was, mm-hmm. and now I—yeah, like, that's UC true. Is the floor. I mean. UC Riverside's is the worst Ken Palm-rated
1: team that they're going to play this year. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so here's some depressed. Everyone just, I don't know what time it is while you're listening to this, but, like, take a second, go pour yourself a drink, because um, here's coming for you. Gardner-Webb, those are Ken Palm rankings of the worst losses in the 2010s. For Nebraska. Gardner-Webb was 181. Sanford was 221. Incarnate Word was 228. Wake Forest was 211. UC Riverside was 285. Game one of the Fred Hoiberg era. Mm. Wow. I know. So so they, anything can happen. And, uh, and, I mean,
0: you expect improvement, but honestly, like... And here's some... If some, you can lose to UC Riverside, you can lose. And not just lose. They lost by... They got the they, bucket. Yeah, you can lose to anybody. And Southern
1: Utah's coming in, and they scored 110 points in their opener. Mm. 62 in the first half. Now, they played Bethesda, but, like... Who's Nebraska? Yeah.
0: You know? Um, so what is what in your mind is priority number one for, yeah. for the Huskers after that game? Obviously it's basketball, so one game never has to define a season and they get to play again very soon. But yeah. But you're not it's gonna also fix everything a, you're not gonna fix everything overnight. Yeah. but what what's one thing do you think that they'll prioritize? November basketball doesn't matter, but it shows you where you are, right? And
1: where this team is is they, they can't shoot and um i want to go back and look i'll probably do that this afternoon as well of like what and i probably should have already done it but what was the three-point shooting percentage of these guys before they walked in in their previous stop mm. right now mate was obviously above 40 percent. that's different though but with cam and Deshaun and hanif and gervais and samari and thor i mean you can't fix shooting immediately you can't do it in a short time span but that's the main thing is like finding guys shots and then being able to knock it down because they've practiced in pba a lot they've been able to practice in pba much easier with fred hoiberg than with tim miles with fred they can practice in there basically whenever they want with tim it wasn't always that way hmm. so they've been in that arena quite a few times and they still didn't shoot very well where well, you theoretically you should shoot better at home than than away um so that's my number one priority because I think that that's probably Fred's number one priority because when we're talking about Creighton, again, Creighton's small, but they make up for it because they go fast and they shoot threes. That is what Nebraska wants to do as well. And when you can't shoot, it doesn't even matter if you get the rebound anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't even kind of matter. So Yeah, you, you're not. And that's something that you can fix quicker than rebounding. Rebound, I mean, they're going to get at rebound every single game. That's just They barely out-rebounded Dome. So, like, they're going to get out-rebounded every Mm. game. So, you kind of have to just chalk up to that, like, that's going to happen. But figuring out where your shots are, figuring out, okay, we need to run this play for Deshaun, we need to run this play for Cam, this play for Mate, this play... Like, because if they're not going to be able to go out and transition, they need to find some half-court sets that really, really work. Um, So, I think that's priority number one. Number two, I think, is... um, they got to care on defense more they just have to i mean that's effort is a, half of defense is effort half of rebounding is effort half of defense is effort and they were lack. they lacked you, both you, of those and i didn't get you know, to watch
0: it but like i wonder too because there. sometimes when i watch younger players play i i look at it and i'm like oh i don't know if the effort was great there and then i'm like it could have just been focus Mm-hmm. You know where you're not, or a lack of anticipation, where or maybe you're thinking too much mm-hmm. to where you're you're paralyzed, and then that loose ball's on the ground, and you're like, "I'm gonna dive on that because I know I should." And then when you have gone through that thought process, the other team has already dove di- del- on. Like yeah. I felt like Creighton had that issue at Nebraska where, like, yeah. last year where they were just, uh, it, I think the moment was just too big for them, and they couldn't, like free their minds in a way that they could just play hard yeah they thought they were playing hard and they weren't yeah because they were getting beat uh to loose balls and beat to rebounds and all that stuff so i wonder if that's i i I think that's an excellent point i wonder if if that's part of it too Of just like first game thinking oh we got it we know how to play and then everything's happening and you're trying to process all of it and all of a sudden like that dude's wide open for three i gotta close out and contest that shot but now that i've thought about it he's, yeah, the he's already he had, yeah, made it. yeah
1: well and that's that's one that's an excellent point because i didn't see a lot of guys diving for loose balls two um that's one thing that in this second freaking year we have to talk about all this crap but like this is a team that doesn't respond to adversity very well and fred said that for a while he's kind of hinted at it for a long time He kind of said he's he's kind of been foreshadowing it, saying, you know, you never really know until you get out there. You never really know what what your guys are made of. And, you know, they this is a team that they were up 23 in Italy and they ended up winning by like two, I think, Mm because there was this giant run like they just don't they don't handle leads well, because once a team hits two shots in a row then I think what you're saying comes into play, where they're like, oh, crap.
0: Too much, maybe just too much thinking. Yeah, like
1: we're not doing what we need to be doing. And I think in some ways, the way that, I mean, Fred has so many plays in his head, and he's trying to implement the ones he knows that he works. But in a lot of ways, again, it's kind of like a math equation where you can only go so far. And so I think in some ways it's a trick, because I, I think with this team, with how brand new they are, it's almost easier just to be like, hey, let's just go out and run motion. Let's just play. But And I think that they do that a little bit, but Fred's system is is very play heavy of like we're going to run this and we're going to run this and we're going to run this and things build on each other and it's going to end up making this in the second half and all this great stuff. Um, and so that I think you bring in some more thinking. And so, yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, and there's no quick fix. I don't. I don't think it maybe gets worse than this.
0: That's that's what I thought. But Yeah.
1: But at the same time. As we'll you said,
0: see. there they're there are better teams than UC Riverside on the schedule.
1: Literally <laughs> every <time>. other one. <laughs> yeah. The rest the 29 one, twenty nine other 30 30
0: games. 30 other games, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so I mean I think it'll get better. Um, I think it'll get better over the year. Um I liked a lot of things Cam Mack did. I think he just I can't wait for you to to, to see him. I mean, he's, he's just smart with the ball. He's just smarter than everybody else on the court. Um, other than him though, there wasn't a lot to like. And, um, you know, Samari Curtis only played, you know, nine minutes, nine and a half minutes. He's, he's probably behind Mate, probably the best shooter. Um, if they have a shooting problem, I wonder if he plays more. Yeah. Um, but, but a then freshman, you have to t- right? yeah, true freshman. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think I think they're taking I, – I was pretty impressed with the way that Hanif Cheatham and Fred Hoiberg took it. I mean, they they didn't come in super sulking and you know didn't make it a big deal. Fred was very pragmatic about it. Um, very – you know, Doc Sadler had a tweet yesterday morning that was pretty ominous. And it was, actually now that I think about it right. and and the
0: thing is though, is like Rome wasn't built in the day, yeah, right? and the
1: thing is is like if this isn't one of those things, this isn't Nebraska football losing to you know Colorado and getting blown out by Ohio State. like, because the narrative ha- is totally different. The coaches thought that team was going to be good. They're not. These coaches, these Nebraska basketball coaches, have been telling us in press conferences, not in press conferences that they're not good right but there's a difference between hearing that and then seeing it and so I think their reaction showed me a lot of like they mean it like they yeah. clearly I mean they're, they're not very good so
0: I and think I, I kind of took also, them at their word but I just didn't know it was like that good. word
1: yeah yeah it's like I, I tell you like you know I'm a, I'm a pretty bad speller. And you're like, yeah, okay, but then I, I spell your name and I start it with a Q, and you're like, ah, oh, well, oh, okay, that's, that's different. <laughs> it's a different
0: yeah, way to describe it. All yeah. right, so they got Southern Utah Saturday, ne- Saturday, yeah. and we'll be back next week to break it down. Yeah. Creighton has Michigan. What day
1: is that? Is that Tuesday?
0: Tuesday cool. at Michigan. Obviously, it's a early chance for a statement for the Jays, and... uh I don't know what to expect from Michigan because I haven't seen him play yet. I got the game on DVR and I'll watch it in the next coming days and put together a report and a scouting report. But uh, I know that Michigan, you mentioned John Teske in the middle. That's Mm going to be a problem for the Jays. Uh, He's either either they're going to guard him one-on-one and he's going to foul Creighton's big men out of the game or uh, they're going to have to bring double teams and do some funky things to try to keep him from uh, dominating. I think he had double-double in their opener against Appalachian State. Uh, they built a thirty-point lead. Michigan did in Jawan Howard's first game, and then nearly lost it. In the did second they really? Half. Yeah, they won by eight, and the lead got cut to five. Oh, woof! I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I think it's just <laughs> yeah. like a team kind of thinking. Hey, Michigan's going to be weird. We're to good, watch this yeah, year, but I don't know what they're going to you know what they're going to look like. Yeah. I know that they have three experienced guys that um are gritty, sort of been through the wars, and know what success looks like. Yeah. Um so to me the challenge for Creighton is can you bottle up that mentality that you had at home, the aggressiveness and take it on the road. Mm-hmm. And even when you get hit with some adversity, keep going. Yeah. And so we'll see if they can do it. That's gonna be great. Um if Nebraska and Creighton played. Oh
1: boy. I think Creighton probably wins by thirty five.
0: How much did Creighton win by? Uh, twenty six over Kennesaw State. So i go it's with that. It's probably
1: about a it's probably about a hundred to What is that, 65? Yeah. That sounds about right.
0: Hmm. The rest has got some work to do. All right, Chris, thanks for your time. We'll be back here next week to talk some more hoops.